everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We've got a lot of our church family on the road, so you guys be safe. We love you. We miss you. And we've been praying for those that couldn't make it out and praying for those that are on the road. Like I say, so many people traveling, uh, so traveling mercies. And today, let me tell you what, I say it every week. How many people are excited about the message? I'm telling you what, this right here is, is not what I had planned. So guess what? It's going to be great because we want what God had planned. I was telling the folks earlier on when I came in, I had a message that I, I was working on and, and, and praying about it. And man, right down to dotting the, the, the last dotting, the Lord's like, I want to show you something different. And I'm going to tell you what, we are always better going with what God's got than what we got. Amen. And so today I want to let you know it's not over until it's over. Can y'all read that with me? Here we go. One, two, three. Let's read. It ain't over until it's over. Man, that, I like the sound of that already. I like the sound of that already. So with that being said, I'm going to jump in and give you a little backstory. And I tell you, life has a way of just really working us over sometimes, but it also has a way of, of, of just teaching us and showing us so many things. Last week, we talked a little bit about the journey, the jungle, and the joy. Last week, where were you at? Were you in the jungle? Were you in the joy? You're definitely on the journey, amen? I pray that you continue to, to, as we go through those different seasons of life, that we're encouraged. And, and so the Bible just continues to show us so many life lessons. And as I was just listening to the Lord this week, I said, Lord, you show us so many great things. And his word teaches us about all types of things in the world. And as we look at that, I think about, you know, people say, oh, well, that, you know. I looked at the Bible, I just don't understand. I looked at the Bible, I just, you know, it's boring. I'm thinking, what Bible are you reading? It's got everything in there. Man, it's better than, than Lifetime and Family Channel and all those things. It's got it all. And I tell you what, if we would just take time and ask the Lord to reveal itself through his word, uh, I think we would be blessed each and every day by that. But sometimes when we start taking off and, and looking at the Bible characters, we think, we, we sometimes only think about some of the good some of the, the bad, but I want to ask y'all a question, right? I'm going to talk about David a little bit this morning. Anybody know who David was in the Bible, right? When you think of David in the Bible, somebody said, what, what, what do you think about? Goliath. Goliath, that's good. What else do you think about? You go, hey, I see him smile, Bathsheba, right? You see the good and the bad. But what happens is, there's a whole lot of life lessons in between there. And sometimes in our life, let me ask you a question. A lot of times, People, family, right, will want to identify all your life by one decision. It doesn't work that way, does it? Because we're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on moving. Anybody ever made a bad mistake before? Let me pray for y'all right now. Lord, help us. Yes, we do make some bad mistakes sometimes. If you ever woke up and go, I, how did I do that? What was I thinking, you know? But I, I want to encourage you today. Today is about restoration. Today is about turning from our sin and turning to God and realizing God is in the restoration business. And I, I want to tell you this today. I just feel like it's just really on my heart today that, you know, whatever's going on in your life, let me, let me remind you that God is not there to just hold you down. He's to lift you up to pull you from that pit. He's to restore you. He paid such a great, great price for us to be released from sin. It cost him his best. Amen. Dink. All right, that's why that's it right now. I said this cost him his best, right? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You know what? I will tell you this. This is something I've learned. A lot of times what you get out is what you bring with you. So I'm going to ask you to cultivate your hearts in the things of the Lord, and we're going to have a great time. Amen? Amen? There you go. See, I thought I was all by myself for a second. But I want, I want today to be all about what God's got for you and you and you and you. 
in me. Because each time we look at things, somebody can hear the message and it'll speak something a little bit different to their heart. A little bit different. Lord, have your way in here today. Amen. That's what we want. We know that it's not over till it's over. And I think so many times we just give up. We go, man, I'm too far gone. But I want you to rejoice in the Lord today. He's the God of second chances and third chances and more chances if you're from Buckrow, right? And, and, and so I'm so thankful because, you know, so many times we get burnt or something. We go, oh, I'm out. I, I don't want to do this no more. So I want to share a little bit from a familiar psalm, Psalm 51. And we're going to kind of walk through some of that in David's life. And this actually was written, uh, best we could tell from what they, the scholars say, after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. We know that he, he got his eye on the wrong thing. Sometimes we can get our eyes on the wrong thing. And what happens is if we're not quick to turn back, well, our feet will follow. But God can still use us even in the midst of our, our brokenness and everything else. But there's so many lessons in between the fall and the failure and the victory and the walk. Amen. And each day we have a choice. And that's what the Lord's been showing me over and over today. So I want to jump in. But before we do that, I want to take a minute and talk about Memorial Day. I had that in my notes. Memorial Day is a day that we turn around and we are grateful for men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice of their life so we can have the freedom in this, this, this country. And a lot of times we, we kind of blend it with Veterans Day. It's a little bit different. These are people that have actually lost their life. But I also want to say, while we're talking about that, thank you for the families that are still here that have lost a great deal of, of their, you know, they lost a loved one. But also I want to thank those that serve and continue to serve. So, you know, I, I just say, you know, every time I think about the freedom that we have in this, this country, I thank the men and women that have served, and I'm thankful for those that have went before and gave the ultimate gift. But you know what? There's no greater gift, the Bible says, than someone laying their life down for a friend. Isn't that what God did for us? And you know what happens so many times? I don't think we even think about it. We start our day. Now, I didn't take out my calculator, but I think I'm pretty close. I think there's about 168 hours in one week. You guys can check me out on that. If somebody gets out there, come on, somebody run the numbers, 24 times 7. Where's the math teachers? And you know what? Can we just give them? Can we just give them an hour a week? Can we just give them? I asked Denise, like, what are you doing? I was running the calculator. I said, I think there's 168 hours. And 1% of that is like 1.65. We can't, we can't give God an hour of our time? Come on. Is he worth it? That's what I always encourage. You know what? People say, well, I can be a Christian. I don't need to go to church. You can be a Christian, but you won't grow if you don't go to church. Amen? It will be very hard. And let me tell you something else. You don't bring your gift to the body if you're not in church. So it's not about church attendance. This is about filling up and then going out. So I want you guys to fill up on what God's got for you today. So what actually happens sometime is this. I thought you guys like this. He said, actually, you had a pretty great life, but you were looking down at your phone and you missed it. I saw that this week. I said, isn't that true? We get all tied up in everything else. I've shared this many times. We have a little 715 meeting every, every morning at my work. I could tell you the time. I could tell you who's balding at my work. Because of what I see. Top of their head. Like this. Looking down like that. And I go, hey, what's going on? Here? Hey, bud. Back down. Sometimes I text them in the meeting just to mess with them. Sometimes I take a picture of them. Sometimes it looks like this. I wish I had my phone. I had a phone like this and like that. <laughs> oh, we're ready to start our day, aren't we? We're ready to jump in. Woo, let's get ready. 
don't miss out. And let me tell you, I'm on the phone a lot. I'm not saying the phone's bad, but I'm just telling you this. Today, let's set everything aside and take a few minutes and dig into what God's got. Somebody say amen if you're ready, all right? So we're having fun, and we're ready to roll. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to give you a little backstory. I want to read a few selected verses from Psalm 51. And like I said, this is David writing this, and it says this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, you only, excuse me, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Wow, that's encouraging, isn't it? It's true, though. David was coming face to face on who he really was. I was looking at this. David's heart at the time was heavy. Do you ever get a heavy heart sometime when you start looking at your life and see the magnitude of your sin and seeing what it cost us to be bought out of that? And we know that God is in the restoration business. David was broken at this point. Have you ever come to a point in your life where you're just broken? Where you just are so overwhelmed, you don't even know what to pray? The Bible says in that time happens that for the believer, Holy Spirit will pray on our behalf. See, we think we got to have the right words. I think we just got to have the right focus. I think we got to have the right heartitude, if that's a word. Focusing on God and realizing what he's done, where we are, what it costs, and what God wants to do for us. So as we go through this, look at this. I, I broke a few things out. I said, you know, it's, it's not over until it's over. I bet you David thought, this is it, man. I have blown it. You tell me I'm going to be a king. You telling me this. I'm a king. Here he is. You entrusted me with this, and this is the stunt I pulled. I don't know if you ever felt like that, but you know what? Many of us have. And you think, oh, my gosh. And that's when the enemy wants to jump on your back and say, I told you. You ain't no good. How can God possibly use you? Whew. Aren't you glad we live under grace and not under the law? Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ paid our sin debt in full? As we go through this, he calls out on God for grace and mercy and compassion. He acknowledges his sin before God. So you know what happens nowadays, I think, a lot of times? Have you ever had something go on and, and, and somebody missed the mark or whatever, not that we're magnifying that, and they point to everybody else? That's only happened in, man, you guys are quiet. That only happens in my work. That only happens in my house. You know, hey, um, did y'all get a chance to do that? Well, you didn't tell us to do that kind of thought the list on the wall, number three might have been, you know what I mean? But, you know, it, it's my fault that I didn't say it loud enough or something else or, you know, you know what I mean? Y'all ever had that? Y'all, I, I need a job with y'all because y'all don't have no problems like that, right? Guess what? On my job, sometimes I'm the problem. I'm just being honest. <laughs> really? I'm just being, I'm sometimes, you know, I'm sure I, I, I don't get it all. Do you ever take off running before you get all the information? Mmm, mmm. There's a couple of, Lord, help me, which way am I going to walk now? <laughs> which store will share? But sometimes we jump into things like that, and we go, okay, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I'm sure, okay. And you didn't hear all the pieces of the puzzle. Today I want you to hear all the pieces of the puzzle. A lot of times in church I think this is what happens. I heard that story before. Yeah, I know that story. I know about David. Yeah, okay, he did this, and he's king, and that, and God restored him. Okay, uh, what time's lunch? Man, don't. Short yourself on the blessing of God. Turn around and take a few minutes. 
What do we say? You got 168 hours? I'm only asking for about 60 minutes of it. Let's give God some glory. Amen. So we look at this. He acknowledges his sin before God. He acknowledges that his sin is always before him. And he realizes that he can't remove his sin on his own. How many fixers do we have in here? Guys, go ahead and raise your hand. We like fixing stuff, don't we? Oh, man, we'll fix it. I told you all many times this year lately, and I did have victory in getting my, my washing machine straight finally. I ordered the wrong part like three or four times. And after the third time, I just feel, Miles said four. No. <laughs> this one, what'd I say? I probably broke that too. Thank you, brother. There's always one in every crowd, isn't there? <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. That's right. Hey, you knew I was going to have problems. And I thought I was working on the dishwasher and, and uh, the washing machine, and it was really a dishwasher. So that tells you my, my mechanic ability. But I was getting to the point that I was going to bend stuff and cut stuff to put it in there and make it work. Don't we do that with life? We do. We start bending. Oh, well, you know, all you got to do is, man, let's do that. All we got to do is go to God. All we got to do is follow God. And we go through this, and I, and I see this. He starts going through. He sees, he sees the holiness of God. He starts realizing that it, he, his sin is before him. And he realizes this, and I, and I think about this, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all miss the mark. And so that's a good place to be sometime to realize if we're broken, we need fixing. So who do we need to go see? We need to see the Lord. Now, I want to tell you something else. I don't think we've got to just be broken to spend time with the Lord. Amen. I think we should be in that joyous mode. I think we should be walking in that redemption. I think we should be sharing that, you know, instead of just every time. Have you ever had something like this happen to you? You got that friend that don't come around until they need something. Woo! Let me say it again. I get an amen. You got that friend that don't call till something's broke. Amen. There you go. See, I like calling people sometimes. Just I sometimes. Let me ask you if you ever had one of these calls from me. Hey man, I don't need nothing. I don't want nothing. I was just thinking about you today. You know why I do that? Because one day I'm gonna need something. No, <laughs> I'm just I'll do I'm going to break something. I need something. No, but sometimes I want Y'all look at me crazy, man. But you know what? I don't want people to think that my relationship with them is just give. I don't want them to think, oh, well, you know, he needs it. And sometimes I do need some help. Sometimes I do, you know, need to lean on some folks. But I'm going to tell you what. Isn't it good to know that we've got folks that we can call? And you know what? Sometimes they don't always respond like we want them to. And that's okay. But we can always call on the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to talk about three things today. If you got your handouts, we're going to walk through a few of those things today. But the first thing we're going to talk about is the pull of sin on our life. Somebody say amen. Look at this. We'll talk about temptation. I looked it up. It says the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. It seems like we fall right into that because we like taking the shortcut. Because the shortcut, we just, man, that's easy. We like things easy in life a lot of times. But what I found is over time, shortcuts often bring shortcomings in our life. See, David, when they told him, and he was a little shepherd boy, said, man, you're going to be the king one day. I'm sure he's like, well, what do you mean, like six months? A year? Not all those years. Not like something like 30 years. But God used things in his life to cultivate his heart. So he would be ready. And guess what? He still blew it sometimes. The thing I love about following the life of David is I see a real man. I see a guy that some days were better than others. 
not the truth. This is the truth. We all missed the mark. Because you know what? The enemy wants to tempt us. Amen. Look at this here. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So everybody's going to say, oh, I know, the devil made me do it. It ain't my fault. I'll tell you what, the devil will keep you trying to do it, right? But you know what? We have an opportunity to turn from that. And as I look into God's word, I think so many times we said, man, Lord, why am I struggling with this area? Stuff like, something like that. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to wound you. He wants to take you out. He wants to kill you. He wants to do all this. And I don't want to give the devil too much uh, praise in that area. But I do want to, like I always say, I don't want to scare you, but I want to keep you aware, right? We need to keep our guard up. That's why we need to be in the Word. But, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. They were having a, a difficult time with somebody at work. And I said, look, look past the person. Look to the problem solver. The devil will try to get in anywhere he can. We want to attack that person. It's this person. It's this person, right? And, hey, you know what? God will be working in their life, but also the enemy is working on their life. And so many times we just want to say, well, I'm done with them. But you know what? Let me tell you, as, what would happen if you started to pray for them? What would happen if you showed them what Christ looks like in you? Maybe that's just enough to change things. Pop the Living with the guy and operating, dealing, dealing with the everyday business was not so great. Not so great. Now, I'm going to get real with you all right here for a second. We had a really bad falling out. I was pretty young in the Lord. I was trying to get out of the band. We had, I won't even say we had a pretty bad falling. We had a real bad falling out. I'm a pretty mellow guy. I went knocking on his door mad to pull him outside to have a conversation. Not Christ-like. And in the middle of that, man, the Lord just arrested my spirit. Just, is that how you're going to show him what, you, what your new life's like? Is that how you're going to represent me? I know the guy thought I must have been crazy. I was like, ah, sorry, man. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> but I'm so thankful that I stopped then. Holy Spirit, nudge me. I mean, that relationship was broke. Done. Didn't talk to the guy for years. And it was in the back of my mind. But guess what? I'm still blaming him. I'm just being honest, right? I'm still blaming him. Denise called me at work one day. She said, you got an answer. You've got a message on your answer machine, and you ain't going to believe who it is. I said, who is it? And she told me. I said, what does he want? He said that he found a board. The witness. I'm telling you, like three years went by, and this guy called me. People said, did you call him back? You better believe I did. And I said, man, I'm so sorry. He said, no, man, it's, it's okay. Everything's good. Everything's good. It, was, it wasn't one of these just little happy, feely little phone calls, right? 
It was for real. Because I knew that God had did something in his life. And I'm going to be honest, I was a little ashamed that, that, that I didn't step up when God was trying to do something in my life. And as most musicians do, they say, wow, that hurt. That was painful. That's happy. That's good. That's all that. I said, all right, man. See you, brother. He said, you know what? We ought to write a song about that. He said, I'll send you, send you the rest of it. I'm halfway done. Boom. A few weeks later, see, now this is when you first could get into all that. So you can mail stuff and record stuff and mail stuff. I think he was in Florida at the time. He sent me a song that he had wrote, all the words and everything. And he said, he said this is where your guitar part is, everything. It's called Brother, My Brother. Wow. And through that song, God healed a, a relationship and God worked in things. But God showed me something. I wasn't where I thought I was, was at. God showed me something. I wasn't as Christ-like as I thought I was. And when I think about that, I had no idea I was going to talk about that today. I'm just being real honest. Every day, I believe that we can grow a little bit more. Do you believe that? Every day, we can go and grow a little bit more. But see, I was taking it out on him. But God was trying to work through me to get to him. Lord, forgive me. Years went by. Man, I'm not telling you it was just like a bad weekend. I'm telling you, it was about three years that went by, right? And not only that, but God worked in that man's life in a way that I'm still talking about it. That's probably been 20 years ago today. Let me tell you, that's the impact coming against people, coming against people so many times. But you know what? That's the pull of sin. We try to put somebody else down to make us feel better. Does that ever happen to anybody? Come on now. I'm just getting real serious today. My dad was big on this. He was not one for somebody to tear somebody down to make themselves look, look better. Whoo! He, he's like, look, you don't need to tear somebody else down to make yourself look better. You need to look where you're at. Keep eyes on the Lord. See, my dad knew the principles of God even before he actually was walking with God. Life will show you that. And then he got to a point where he goes, I need to plug all this together. I need Jesus. But temptation is common to all Christians. Look at this. Temptation is from the devil. It's not from the Lord. The Lord's not buddying up with the devil, right? But let me tell you something. As we walk through these things, God wants to show us how to respond. I said, look at this. I said, temptation is common to all Christians. I said, but remember this. The wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new. Think back through the Bible. Look at David. Look at Paul, who was Saul. Look at Peter, cutting somebody's ears off, you know. Paul, giving the order, hey, stone Stephen. Look at all these things. 
But look at how God continued to use him. Am I speaking to anybody today? Am I speaking to anybody today that maybe might have just missed the mark just a little bit and think, man, there's no way God can use me. Let me tell you what, God can use you. God will use you. And he is here to restore you today. Think about that. What are you doing? The Lord just put this in mind. What are you doing with your 168? You said my 168. What are you doing with your, is it five or six? Somebody do the math. I think it's 168. I'm going to do it right now. 168. Let me tell you, y'all scared me there. But I looked it up last night because I did not want to give you the wrong number. <laughs> but it's 168 hours. What are you doing with that? What are you, let's, let's break it down. What are you doing with your 24? Right? What are you doing with your 24? What are you doing with your now? What are you doing with your now? You know what? I got contacted the other day, and this is a great privilege for me. I got uh, through some of the other churches and stuff. They got the baccalaureate coming up, and they said, would you come speak at that? And I thought, yes, about a half a second. Because you know what? I want to speak into those young folks' life and tell them about being a difference maker. I want to tell them about Jesus. I want to tell them that you're going to have some bumps and bruises and setbacks, but you can be an overcomer in Christ. You are God's workmanship. You're God's masterpiece. Whew. Can I start now? Because you know what? Most of the things we see, all we hear is the bad stuff. And I tell you the truth, a lot of times all we hear, a lot of the young folks, every generation thinks that they were the best generation. You ever notice that? You know, well, we ain't never do it that way. We always did it this way, you know. What would happen if we were praying for the next generation? What would happen if we were trying to equip the next generation instead of pull them down a little bit? I know we try to, but sometimes we, we kind of backhand them along the way. Well, I, I thought you already knew. You should have known that. Boy, when I was your age, I was doing, right? Does that happen to y'all? What happens to say, hey, you know what? Let me tell you what. I believe God has got a great future for you. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to help mentor you. I'm going to. That'll bring your blood pressure down. When you're not worried about what everybody else says, when you're not worried about what everybody else thinks, when you realize you can't fix everything, you don't give everybody so much real estate in your heart, you just keep seeking the Lord. You just keep seeking the Lord. And you say, Lord, help me in this. Because the pull of sin will cause you to argue with your family. The pull of sin will cause you to argue with the guy in the mirror. The pull of sin will cause you to just turn around and just look at things negative. Anybody negative in here? Oh, man. We
take my eyes off my problem and put them on the problem solver. And the next thing you know, God's moving and God's working. And next thing you know, I start saying, wow, things ain't that bad, are they? Isn't that amazing? I bet you any of you right here, I give you one minute, you can think of five people that you've been praying for that have been going through some stuff. Sickness, divorce, loss of job, drug addiction, addiction, any of those things. Let me tell you, the devil is working overtime. He knows that his time on this earth is getting thin because Christ is coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you were to give account of your life today, would you be okay with it? I'm getting serious now. I think I'd like to do a few more things. Let me help you right here. This is not about working your way to heaven. We get to heaven one way. I say it every week, three or four times a day when I'm in here. It's by grace you are saved through faith, not that of yourself, but it's a gift of God. But God calls us to, to be his masterpiece, and he wants to work in us and through us. Oh, man, a lot of times we think, oh, the pull of sin is so great. I'm just going to let go. It is. Uh, you, you ever talk to somebody and say, well, you know, if I go to hell, I just have a regular party. I'll know everybody there. You are mistaken. You have not read what I've read in God's word. You have not got a full, healthy understanding of what that means. I don't want anybody to go. I don't want anybody to miss the mark. But I tell you what, having a healthy understanding of, of, of sin and a healthy understanding of hell gives you a really good picture of God and his grace and how much he loves you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. He loves you. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. I'm going to share a few more things here. Now, if you boys. Hide your face from my sins and blot, I think it's supposed to be do not hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. That's what happens when you copy and paste sometimes. Well, let me tell you what. There's so many things in life that we just run through and we never want to give God credit for. But let me tell you what. When we start realizing where we were, we start seeing how good he is. Let's talk about the grip of grace. We look at this and we walk through some of those things that we just shared in Psalm 51, 7 and stuff. God's grace brings cleansing. I heard a guy talking.
dogs got hit when he was in the second grade. All this was going back that he had never let go. All these things were going on. And people going, what is wrong with him? But you know what? He had pushed all that thing down about it today. Let's keep on going because we got forgiveness, freedom of forgiveness. Look at this. Verse 10, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me off from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Man, look at this. Walk through this here. He has forgiveness. You turn around, it creates freedom in us. I'll go back to that call. When I talked about my buddy, he said, hey, I said, man, forgive me. I should have been the one extending the grace but it was you. He said, man, it's all good. That was freeing to me. Let me tell you, it creates that forgiveness. It starts working in us. And I don't know about you, but when when I forgive, I want to forgive other people. Have you ever thought about how much God has forgiven you? I'm not minimizing anything you've been through. I'm not saying that, and I say this every time I talk about forgiveness. Forgiving doesn't mean that we agree with the offense. It means that we agree to let go of the shackles that will keep us bound to that. That we trust God to deal with that and that we move forward in those things and so that we can walk in that. Look at this. Forgiveness renews a steadfast spirit in us. We need that more than any other time now. You see the, you see the uh, politics, they talk about flip-floppers and, you know, oh man, they're going this way and then they vote that way and they do this. We work with folks. We know folks. We might have been that folks at some time. But I'm going to tell you what. You know what I love? I think it's great when somebody is available and somebody just sticks to the course. Then I know what to deal with. You know? If they said, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe. This is what's going on. I can work with that. I can't, it's hard to work when they're they switching back and forth. You know, in James, he says, man, when you ask, ask the Lord, you know, and, and have your focus on him. Don't, don't be double-minded. Do you see a lot of double-minded people would meaning, well, yeah, oh, that sounds good. Let's go with that. No, that's, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Let's, why don't we look at the Word of God and say, I'm going to stay steadfast on what he says. I'm going to speak the Word of God. I'm going to trust the Word of God, and I'm going to ask God to renew my spirit. Look at this. God is in the forgiving business, and it restores us. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever been in a situation and you just say, man, uh, what is going on in my life? And you turn around and you realize that the love of God is, re, is restoring. I, I said, you know, as we live this life out, are we walking in our restoration? I think about a car. You take a car and you restore it and everything else. Just, just giving us a, a mental picture. What do you do with it then? Just put it in a garage? I got folks, I, I know folks who buy some cars and different things. I'm just giving you a little object lesson here. I had a buddy of mine had this, this truck. He saved up for this truck. Got this truck, nice truck. Man, it was, oh, Man, he paid extra on it, got this truck, everything else, had it paid off for it. He had probably four oil changes in it. He loved that truck. It was nice. It was good. I said, why don't you drive it? He said, I don't want to put too many miles on it. I said, what? He said, no, I don't want to put too many miles on it. So one morning, his wife got up to go to work, and her car was a little low on gas, so she took the truck. Boom! He ain't got no truck no more, Right? All that time, all that waxing and washing, all that on there. I see him. How you doing? There it is. Look at that. Look at it right there. Look at that. I said, oh, can't get too close. 
Sometimes I think we live a life like that. I'm saved, I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to come to church, but I ain't gonna, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. I said, yeah, I'm saved, that's good, okay. Just the minimum. What happened if you lived, man, this might be a sermon coming right here, radical forgiveness. What happens if you just lived radical redemption? That's what I try to live. Sometimes people go, I remember when, when Tanya first got with us, uh, she'd been with us a long time, she goes, she said, uh, I got to tell you, you was a little much in the beginning. <laughs> I said, what? She said, what goes on? You just gra- you're praying for people in the mall, and you're talking to people, and you're singing, you're talking to people. You let a man, the little Lord, in the drive-thru. I said, yeah. Well, let me tell you after a while, it gets contagious. Because now, she'll be praying for somebody real fast, right? We, we went somewhere, and we went to the Chick-fil-A we were, we, were, uh, we were at a conference, and all of us went somewhere. We went to Chick-fil-A, and I said, well, what are you going to get? Tim was over here. She was going to get some ice cream or sweet tea, whatever. All of a sudden, I was over here getting the napkins, and the girl put her hand out like this, and Tiny just said, grabbed her hand and said, can I pray for you? I was like, you go, Red. You go, Red. I heard today, what, did, what was the word today? World Redhead Day. World Redhead Day. So if it's, you're watching, celebrate. But, but I tell you what. Isn't it amazing that sometimes what we can find out what we can do when we rely on the Lord? When you rely on the Lord. You know, I, I'll tell you what, it just brings great joy. Just brought me back to this. We're watching the time. Oh, we good. We good. We went to a conference. Um, it's been some years ago. And I, some of you might have heard, heard the story. Some of you haven't. But I think it's worth sharing. Because I want to in, encourage you to get out of the comfort zone. So we would go on these breaks, and they say, hey, you guys go out, but be sure, you know, let the Lord lead, you know, if you want to pray with somebody or whatever. We went to a Sears somewhere in Chesapeake, and we were walking around this mall. And uh, first off, I went to get, let me tell you how God would just work in anything. I went to get a filter for my vacuum cleaner. And there was a young guy there, and I said, hey, man, how you doing? I need a filter for a vacuum cleaner for my shop back like that. And when the guy turned his arm, I saw that he had like a, um, a tattoo of like a, had a name on it and had a cross and stuff. And the Lord prompted me, ask him. And I said, hey man, tell me about, tell me about that cross on y'all. Oh yeah, yeah um, that's my grandmother's name. She's passed away and, and uh, you know, she was very dear to my heart. I said, uh, you going to see her again? I hope so. You hope so? No, it's not a hope so gospel. You can know. And I begin to share with this guy about, you know, what God had done for him. And that how when he puts his faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, that he could know that he would see his grandmother again. But not only that, that his sins have been forgiven. Because it didn't matter how much he worked, how much overtime he had, what, how much money he had. It couldn't, it couldn't pay off his sin debt. It took God himself to lay down his life, Jesus, and pay our sin debt in full, pour his blood out. Right? And I shared the gospel message with him. And this guy with the muscles and, and about 20-some years old, Mr. Tough Guy, was bawling. It wasn't about the vacuum. It wasn't about the filter. It was about the cleansing and the restoration of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that man right there gave his life to the Lord. Oh, we just getting warmed up now. So then we walked by, and there was a guy over there in the rec- Back then they had the CD apartment, CD, you know, records, music. I'm breaking it down. What? Yeah. And, and this, guy, this guy, man, he was like this. Big muscle guy. I was like, man, that guy's a big dude. I kept walking. And the Lord said, go tell him. I was like, that's a big dude. 
But you know what? You get boldness from Jesus. I don't care. I don't care. So we go, and this guy had these keys and he was wrapping his arms around like this, wrapping his keys around his hand back and forth. And I said, hey, man, how you doing? Okay. I said, hey, man. I said, uh, just got a question for you. I said, it looks like you lift a little bit of weight to something. He said, why do you say that? I said, well, either you lift a lot of weights or you got your baby brother's shirt on, right? <laughs> I think, don't hit me. Right? He said, yeah. So I'm talking to the guy a little bit. I said, yeah, man, we're over here at this conference and stuff, man. And uh, I said, the Lord was doing a mighty work, man. I've got to share some Jesus with the guy. He goes, mm-hmm, okay. Still flipping that. I said, uh, what's your favorite exercise? I said, you know what? In the Lord, this is what I heard in my spirit. 315, 315, 315. I heard it three times. I said, you know what? I bet you can bench press, Kenji. He said, matter of fact, I can. I said, you know what? I said, I bet you a high bench is 315 pounds. He said, how did you know that? I was like, yes, because God was nudging. And I got to share some with him. And you know what? He had come from another country. He said, do you know what? I go to uh, Regent University. Everything. He says, as long as I've been in this country for a couple years. Yeah, I think this country, yeah. I'm trying to think where he was from. Anyway, he didn't talk like us, but he knew Jesus, right? And this is great. He says, I've been here like a couple years. He said, you're the first one to come share the gospel with me. The first one. You've been here two years and nobody told you about Jesus. And now he's going to doing his thing. But nobody came over there and invited him to church. Nobody turned around told him about Jesus or anything else. And I thought, isn't that something? In a 15-minute time frame, when I was available, I got to share the gospel with people right there. Bam. And I thought, Lord, how much do I miss every day? In 168 hours in a week. I was proud I got that number right. Because you know what? When he restores us, he should bring us great joy. And they should know us by our love. But I think nowadays, I'm not so sure they know us by our love. The people know that you love the Lord. The people know you love, not because the fish sticker on your car, not because you know a couple hymns or you got your praise music all pumped up at the drive-thru, right? Or it's because you're a difference maker. Is it because maybe that you, you, you're sharing things with people? Maybe you're praying things with people. Maybe are you the one that they look, look for when they turn around and say, hey, something's going on, right? But also, I want us to know that this right here, that forgiveness sustains us. It is not over till it's over. And let me tell you something else. As I was thinking about this message, even when this part of, of, of life is over, it really starts in. And I don't believe you have to die to start experiencing the eternal life that God bought for us. I believe it starts when we grab hold of, by faith of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. I believe right then that it starts because God wants to start working in your life and speaking into your life and start sharing things. And he wants us to live in the freedom of forgiveness. How many people do you know, don't raise your hand, just think about this for one second, that are believers that love the Lord that continue to walk in condemnation, that continue to say, well, I hope so. Well, to continue to say, well, maybe, maybe sometime, or God can't use me, all that. Today's the day I hope you flip the switch on that. So you know what? God's going to use me. I'm going to hear you say, God's going to use me. I'm going to be available, and God's going to use me. I believe as we set ourselves in motion and set our face towards God and realize all these different things that God will use us, you know why? Because it ain't over till it's over.
I think about this. He says right here, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Have you received that? Do you realize that God has blotted out your sin? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're listening to this, it's not by accident. You're listening to it because God has a message for you. And I pray that today that you receive the message of restoration, that you receive the message of love and forgiveness and realize that sin is real and sin has a pull on us, but it doesn't have the greatest grip. The greatest grip is from the Lord himself and it's the, grace, it's the grip of grace. So today, as we get ready to wrap this up, I pray that you realize it's not over. It's just the beginning. You can have a bright future. You can have a new day. You can start fresh and you can do it today. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Let us pray for you. Father, I pray as we go through the message today that something that was said today was encouraging to each one here. But not only that, for those that will look at this message sometime later. And, and Father, realize that the grace of God is greater than our sin. And Father, today as we look back, I ask you, Lord, to have mercy on us. Lord, that your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, is shown and received. And it's shown in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, you made it so simple, and we try to make it so hard. And, Father, I pray today that we grab hold of that. Sin is not forgiven by serve, service. Sin is not forgiven by giving and doing or church attendance. Sin is forgiven by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we receive him as Lord and Savior, turn from our sin and turn to the Lord and ask him to come into our life and forgive us of our sin. Say, Lord, I believe you're the son of God. Lord, I thank you that you gave your life for me, that you poured out your blood and purchased us out of that sin debt. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. It was a debt that we couldn't pay. So God paid it itself through his son, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, today, take this message and help us realize that we do miss the mark, but we don't have to stay there. Help us to realize that your grace is for us, Lord, that your, your mercy is for us. And today, Lord, I pray if there's one that does not know you, they come to the saving message of Jesus Christ. What must I do to be saved, you say? Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin, acknowledge your sin, just like David. Lord, my sin's before me. Lord, I lay them down and I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. And Father, I believe you're the Son of God, Jesus. Today, save me. Lord, help me to live out a life that is pleasing to you. And I receive this great gift of Jesus Christ, my Savior, through faith. Everybody said amen. Friends, if you're watching today, you had any questions, drop us a line. I hope you're encouraged in the Lord. Jesus is for you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.